fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It's the middle of the week, your favorite day, my friends. We are in the post-post-Monday, the pre-pre-Friday, setting the tone still for the week, trying to rebrand the week the way we do here on the program every single day. Welcome into it, and it's great to have you along for the ride, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show, a millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. And holy cow, man, what it's fun. I love watching the cancel culture lose their minds. I love it's hilarious to watch. Are you watching this Jason Aldean story? We're not going to get too much into it on the program. I actually just finished up with Armed American Radio for those that listen to the show. Nationally syndicated Second Amendment program with Mark Walters. He was out traveling today. Uh, always get to fill in for him when he's out and about. Love doing so. We talked about Jason Aldean. The left, they're calling it a song advocating for gun violence, extremism, and vigilantism. And in response to that wokeism, it's currently number one on the iTunes charts. So there is that. Welcome to it. You can see how well your wokeness is actually working. You've destroyed Bud Light, you're destroying Disney, and then you're hyping up the ones that are actually doing well. Sound of freedom, kicking butt in the box office. Uh, Oh yeah, Indiana Jones, not so much. Jason Aldean, you try and cancel him. You may kick him off CMT, but right now he's dominating the iTunes charts. So interesting concept on how all that works out. Welcome into the program. we got a lot to talk about today in the hour that we have together. You and I chit in the chat here on the program. Dr. Dino Prater, uh, Preto, he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He'll be talking about some health independence. How can we take our health back into our own hands? Kind of an ongoing theme we have on this program post-COVID-19 and the awakening that so many have had on, wait a second, the healthcare industry is kind of like not my best friend. Big Pharma is probably not my best friend. How can I be more independent on my healthcare coverage? So we'll do that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But I don't want to waste any time. We're starting off the show with a new guest as well in the program. What's trending today? With an event going on tomorrow, and it's a fascinating topic and something that we haven't really talked much about on the program, but right now, there was a story that I read just about a a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so, where they were talking about uh, Christian nationalism and how the religious folk are dominating and taking over and usurping their powers by imposing their will onto those across the nation, and they're doing that through religious individuals in elected office. And, of course, I mean, I guess I can kind of see that argument for those. I mean, Texas right now is trying to, like, uh, not Texas, Oklahoma is trying to make it mandatory to include Bibles in public schools, which is a little weird. Don't know that I necessarily agree with that when there's public schools versus private schools and religious schools, so on and so forth. But at the same time, uh, the wokeness has pushed the boundary so far that, obviously, They're trying to impose their will. And what they've done in many cases is they have instilled themselves into many of the religious institutions. Or have they? Talk about some of that and more excited to have on the program today. He's the founder and president of St. Michael's Media. You can also find him on his website at churchmilitant.com. You can find all his books there and more. Mr. Michael Voris on the line with us here. Mike, how are you, my friend? 
I'm doing very well, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we're in we're in Washington, DC, as you said, and I just took our little tour of the National Press Club for tomorrow's event and uh uh, things are going well. We're very excited about all of this. So thank you for the opportunity to talk further about it. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk about the event here. Uh, it's an interesting topic, isn't it, of of really the progressives hijacking religion, which I, you, when you think about it, you don't really think that could be possible because religion's religion. You have your faith, you do your thing, but they've corrupted some of the values within some of the religious institutions, haven't they? Oh, ab- without a doubt. Look, I mean, if you look, you trace this back to uh, Joseph Stalin and the advent of effective communism. I mean, obviously the idea is floating around as a theory with Karl Marx and Engels and all that back in the middle of the 19th century. It finally takes a foothold for real uh, in the, after the Bolshevik Revolution, and the communist parties that developed, obviously, in Russia at the time, USSR, uh, but also in Italy. Uh, Antonio Gramsci was the founder there. Here in the United States, the Communist Party dates back to New York City in 1924, and the move was a global move. You talk about globalism. This was original globalism, which it in many ways still is. <laughs> and uh, uh, and one of the things that they identified is they had to take down the Catholic Church. Uh, Antonio Gramsci said that. Joseph Stalin said that. It's all very public information. No big surprise about it. They invaded the education institution, the courts, the political system. Uh, the media, why, why would they leave religion off their list? Of course, they included every single institution had to be destabilized and infiltrated so that they could uh, make their move to undo the West and supplant it. The problem for them, as Antonio Gramsci of the Italian Communist Party said, is Christianity, specifically Catholicism, in its social order is so deeply rooted and embedded in the West uh, that this is going to be very difficult to do. So for Antonio Gramsci and Joseph Stalin agreed with him, the number one enemy of world communism was the Catholic Church specifically and Christianity in general. So they set about this plan, and it's been massively effective. Um, The idea that that you even get to talk about something called the religious left, you said it right there in your opening comments, you know, religion's religion. I mean, either there's a God or there's not. And if, you know, there is, then, you know, that God wants to be worshipped, you know, a certain way. you have to live your life according to, you know, his precepts. And I mean, all of this stuff is very kind of more objective. What the religious left has done is take the, the workings of Christianity and uh, sort of tear them apart on one side and reassemble them on the other and created a social justice movement. And it looks Catholic, it looks Christian, because its emphasis is on that second greatest commandment, love your neighbor, but in the process, they are completely abdicating the first commandment, which is love God. The left does not believe in God. Uh, it's very clear, you know, you, you can't believe in God and hack children up in the womb and, you know, be supportive of, you know, children at eight being given whatever, these weird surgeries where things get cut off or, you know, pasted on. And it, 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 this, There's nothing to do with religion, yet they drape it and cloak it in religious-sounding language uh, so that they can advance an agenda and sort of have that agenda baptized. And that's, it's been massively effective. You know, you got to the point in the political system in America where it was considered a right, a human right, to kill your child. So they can take foundational principles and truths of any institution, look at the media, for example, with truth, and information, 
And they can twist it around in such a way that what comes out the back end is the exact opposite of what the institutional's goal, institution's goals were, but they look like they're actually doing the work pretty clever actually it is well it's it's a weird self-serving agenda which is progressives what they usually like as long as it serves them or their elite partners then they do very well with it and we see the studies over and over again that as crises happen as we always advocate for the government to quote unquote do something after a shooting after an economic crisis after whatever hey government step in and take care of the issue because there's a catastrophe at hand that as more people begin to put more trust in the government to solve the issues, we see it time and time again that the quote-unquote faith in a higher power begins to dwindle. Is that the ultimate goal here? Oh, absolutely. Look, you've got two great forces at work here. One is uh, Christianity, uh, the ultimate theism, and atheism in communism. I mean, if you, look, if, you, if you look at everything through this prism, everything else symptomatically makes perfect sense. So, Communism rejects the idea of God and inserts its, inserts the state in the role of God. So the state is what gives you your rights, and the state is what takes away your rights. And then however those play out in the political process, the social order, whatever. On the other side, you have a system built on the foundational, foundational uh, uh, teaching of Christianity uh, and propounded by Catholicism for 2,000 years that man is made, each man, woman, person, is made in the image and likeness of God, and as a result, they are infused with a certain dignity. They have the spark of, of divine life in them, and because of that, that is where their rights come from, and the role of the state is to protect those rights, not grant those rights. Those two, as we used to say in the old TV westerns, you know, back in the middle of the 20th century, <laughs> There ain't enough room in, our, in this town for both of us. <laughs> yeah, you cannot have those two. Oppo- and that's the war right now. That's the war. It is a. It is a certainly a spiritual war, but it's played out in a political and cultural milieu where those are the two giant opposing forces: you know, the the forces of we are God and the forces of there is a God and you ain't Him. Yeah. Um, and that's. If you look at it like that, everything begins to make sense. So you can, uh, you know, you can have a right to something that actually isn't a human right, and yet be declared a human right. Well, why? Because the state grants it to you. Sure. The state doesn't have the power to grant you a right that violates, for example, the natural moral law. You, you don't have a right to kill your child. You don't have the state doesn't have a right to take your child away from you because you won't agree with your nine-year-old's conclusion that he's actually he is actually a she and yet that's the legislation passing in the state of california right now um and you know coming to a state near you too yeah so in michigan in michigan there is a law that will be signed by governor gretchen whitmer probably before the end of the summer and take effect uh um uh, uh next year january 1st that the that law says uh that if you say something to somebody about any one of a number of categories, including their pronouns, uh, if you repeat it to them like a few times and their feelings are hurt by it, they determine that they are harassed, you can be arrested, charged, convicted, and spend up to five years in prison, not jail, prison, for committing a felony 
pay up to a $10,000 fine and can be sued by the offended party for civil damages. That's about to become law in Michigan before Labor Day and will take effect before uh, at, on New Year's. Yeah. And that, the state doesn't have the right to establish those kinds of rights, that your right to not feel offended somehow supersedes my right to express my thoughts. But this is what happened. There, there's not a Christian worth his weight and salt that would say that's correct. But somebody who says, well, the state is the ultimate determiner, as you said, you know, the government ought to do something. Uh, once you start ceding that kind of authority, because that, it, really, it really amounts to sort of a divine authority at that point. You're willing to cede away your rights as a child of God to a state, which then determines the rightness or wrongness of this or that, whatever the case might be. And uh, when, when you start doing that and the state starts assuming divine powers, um, you know, uh, it, it, well, obviously those people who believe the state is wrong for, you know, and on many issues, it, those people are going to be targeted by the state because now they've become a threat to that world philosophy and they've got to be eliminated. However, that elimination happens, go to jail, you know, be executed, be exiled, I don't know, have your you know, passport revoked, whatever, whatever the case yeah. is. Well, and that's scary time. It's a scary time, and that's where socialism has kicked in, and that's what they're trying to push and advocate for to the nth degree. we got to take a hard break here. When we come back, we'll talk about what you guys are doing there in Washington, D.C. It's Michael Voris right here for a Wednesday on The Voice of Reason. That's what's coming up. It's The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, that's what we do. Reason, common sense, rationale, fighting for that every day. It seems to be a minority in the mainstream conversation, so we do what we can to try and bring it back. Welcome into the program, 24 minutes past the hour. Multiple radio stations all over, plus the TV, live streaming and podcasting. However you watch, listen, always love to have you along for the ride. An interesting conversation regarding the corruption of the religious institutions and the changing of the values as the ongoing battle against socialism has taken hold. How do we do and what do we do to combat some of this as we become aware of it? We have, first, we have to be aware of it before we can actually fight it. We're talking with Michael Voris right now. You can find him online at churchmilitant.com uh, with an event coming up as they've uh, been hanging out in D.C. getting ready for their big extravaganza. Michael, what's going on tomorrow? What do you guys got going on? Yeah, I appreciate it again, Andy. We're, uh, the, we have a press conference where we've invited politically conservative media uh, to take a look at the question of the government funding of the religious left. The largest recipient on the religious left of government funding is the, is the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops. Uh, they get hundreds of millions of dollars over the last, you know, back to 2000, they've received billions, that's with a B, billions of government tax dollars, which they've used to essentially push the Democratic Party agenda. Uh, they're dead silent, I think, as most faithful Catholics would know. Anybody of your listeners who is, you know, a faithful Catholic would say, yeah, the bishops never say anything about abortion. So they just sort of put that aside. They sort of shelf it. And then everything else gets cloaked in these religious, spiritual-sounding terms and the gospel message of, you know, you're supposed to welcome the immigrants and the stranger and, uh, you know, people shouldn't be violent, so therefore give up your guns. 
uh, it's on and on like that. You know, man has a responsibility to be a steward of creation. So therefore, climate change has to be addressed fully. These sorts of things, these are the major Democratic Party talking points and agenda that they use, the Democrats use, which are really socialists. I'm using those two terms interchangeably. Socialists, Democrats, communists, Marxists, they're all the same crowd now. Yeah. Uh, Where is this coming from? Is this coming from like the actual pope? Because I know I'm not Catholic, so I don't know much about the Catholic Church, but I know that there's been a lot of controversy from the pope and some of the stances they've taken. Is this coming from the actual higher-ups all the way in Rome? No, this has been going on since the 1960s. Uh, it, it's really more of a, a local or national uh, conference of Catholic bishops in various countries. Uh, here in the United States, obviously, richest country, well, I was going to say in the world, in the history of mankind. Lots of extra government largesse to you know, go spend money to do this and do that. Well, if the Marxists have control of the government and they want their government agenda pushed, their Marxist agenda pushed, well, all they do is line up various allies, various NGOs, in this case, the U.S. bishops, not as a theological point, uh, it has nothing to do with theology, it has everything to do with politics and signing government contracts, government NGO contracts, and then carrying the water for them. Sure. Um, many of the bishops, just like in the Protestant world, many of the pastors and ministers have uh, succumbed to and embraced the agenda uh, of socialism and Marxism. They've completely ignored and shelved the moral agenda, uh, you know, and everything that comes with that, uh, and embraced this instead. It's kind of like a substitute morality. That makes you know, sense. The things that are hard, uh, you know, you got to be faithful to your wife. You can't cheat. You shouldn't shack up before you get married. And, you know, you, you shouldn't be going to a meat market, you know, fornicating with whoever happens to come along, all those sorts of things. Well, they don't want to talk about any of that. Those those individual moral sexual sins, for example, they don't want to talk about those. Yeah, they've kind of. So they talk about these other things that are much more generic. We need to help the poor. Well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. Oh well, listen. We'll go to the government. You know, we've got a political political lobbying arm here on Capitol Hill, and or near Capitol Hill, and we'll go up there to to the dome and go meet with appropriations committee members and get thirty, forty, sixty million dollars to go spend on something that eventually helps the Democrats. Exactly. Uh, I'm glad you guys are bringing awareness to this. You absolutely need to check it out online at churchmilitant.com. Michael, keep up the fight, my friend. Let's get you back on the show and let's do this again real soon, brother. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Andy. God bless. Hey, absolutely. You as well. Great information. Lots more coming up. Stay right here on The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a midweek celebration. Greatest day of the entire week. We're just carpe dianisms all over the place. It's what we do. Thanks again to Michael Forrest coming on the show. Interesting conversation. We'll get more into depth with that at a later time. The corruption of the religious institutions from the progressives, the socialist movement trying to change the messaging and relying more on the institution, which is, quote-unquote, the government. When something happens, a mass shooting, an economic crisis, a real estate bubble, when something, what do we do? Government, do something! Save us, my friends! Save us, Obi-Wan Kenobi! You're our only hope! That's what we go to with the government every single time, and it's about time that we start taking that power back into our hands 
I'm not saying physically. I'm saying that we just stop relying on them to deal with stuff, and we do it ourselves. We fix the problem ourselves. We used to be a nation where when something broke, we would just fix it. We didn't have to wait for a union member to do it for us. Oh! <laughs> Whoopsies! Did I say that? I didn't say that out loud, did I? Uh, my microphone stand broke just a couple days ago while on the air. Guess what? I got it fixed all by myself. I didn't need a union member to come and fix it for me. I didn't have to rely on somebody else. Which leads us into our next conversation, which I'm excited to do because it's been an ongoing recurring theme here on the program as well. And like so many others, the awakening that's happened during the COVID-19 pandemic, while they say the Great Reset and try to push more towards that uh, dependency, there's been a mass awakening of a more independent thought and then realizing the aha moment, that glaring fact of how much power we've actually given away to local governments with school boards on what they could do with our children during COVID, with our city and county governments, with our state governments, the federal government, obviously, and even when it comes to our healthcare industry of how little control and power we actually have in our own health making ourselves healthy, aware of all the health risks of what's going on in the world. And as you know, uh, Mrs. Voice of Reason, uh, she became a, a herbalist, a master herbalist, talking about alternative medicines and holistic healings. Uh, we've talked to numerous different doctors on this program with uh, talking about the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare industry as a whole, and excited to do that again with our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? He's really happy to have on the program. He's the founder and CEO of Invita Health, which you can find on online at Invita.com. Uh, and you can see uh, some of the alternative medicine treatments that you have available to you. Excited to have on the program, Dr. Dino Prado. Dino, how are you, my friend? Good. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. It's a, it's a great conversation. Are you seeing the uh, awareness, the quote-unquote great awakening of people over the last few years, and I again, I referenced the COVID pandemic where I think that was the slap in the face to wake a lot of people up, but has this been an ongoing trend for people starting to realize, wait a second, my health insurance doesn't cover anything, Big Pharma's not actually curing anything, I'm just having to take more pharmaceutical pills, and I'm getting sicker, and I don't know why. Yeah, there's, there's no question that people are very skeptical, unfortunately, when they go to their doctors or put on treatment plans because... They, they realize that the healthcare system today, which we know is broken, it's like, you know, what, 18, almost 20% of our entire GDP that goes into it, and yet outcomes is not the focus, meaning, you know, patients go to their doctor, it's a, it's a relationship that you have with your doctor, you trust them to put together care that's going towards treating the cause or what's really making you ill. And in today's modern society, we've got great care for cardiovascular disease, I mean, we, we people aren't dying from infections like they used to in the old days or from, you know, traumas. We have good, good procedures for that. But when it comes to chronic diseases like cancer, autoimmune diseases, Alzheimer's, dementia, this is where really there's an explosion in personalized medicine, integrative medicine, too, where people are using the best of both to personalize health care so that they give them and their families the chance to live a long and blessed life. And, and, and that, what's happened is after COVID, we saw a lot of people really just not trusting the system, especially when we're doing things like forcing kids and others that really are very low risk, right? And we, there's all kinds of data, um, you know, that we don't know yet, right? There's a lot of research that still needs to come out on how this affects, you know, other conditions in the long run. So essentially people are, are looking for when they're dealing with chronic and terminal illnesses to really get a personalized approach to care. And what we've seen 
is that no matter what major hospital you go to, the big ones that do oncology, that do, and that's one of the areas that we do a lot of care in, we find that the protocols are all the same. They're following the National Comprehensive Cancer Network. It's essentially a cookbook, right? You have this type of cancer runoff biopsy data, which might be 1990s to early 2000s data. And instead of using what we use, which is genetics, transcriptomics, immuno. Uh, you know, uh, targeting, and then using the best of both natural and conventional medicine to combine care. And we find that when patients do that, and this is already in the published literature, when they use personalized approaches to medicine, they have better responses, better quality of life, and they have many more options to care. And so what happens is if you ask Andy, somebody say, hey, do you have good health care? Do you know what they tell you? They go, yeah, I have a thousand dollar deductible or two thousand dollars, but that really doesn't mean they have good health care. That means they have access to care. But really good health care requires getting that you know detail and targeting. And even today, we're doing things like mammograms to screen for breast cancer, which misses twenty percent. Uh, technology now exists where we could just draw blood. We can run tests that are genetic and be ninety eight percent accurate on breast cancer with no mammography. We can do a full body MRI and run genetics on 50-plus cancers and, and know they're coming before they come, you know, and literally treat them. And anytime you treat them in an earlier stage, we've got really great chances of remissions, uh, long-term better outcomes. So, you know, medicine, the technology's there. It's so there that every time you get a specialist, let's say graduates from a specialty in medicine, within 18 months, they're already outdated just based on all the published literature that's coming out. That's how fast the data is coming, but it's not getting used in patient care. It's not being used. So like, you know, you're talking about early the use of herbal medicines and natural medicines and nutrients and vitamins and detoxification and, you know, heavy metals, infections, you know, treating the causes of these diseases. It's not something that is being done. And what, when then what we're doing is essentially we're treating symptoms and it can be very expensive. Um, and we're chasing, and and people aren't just—they're not feeling well, you know. They're they're getting they're they're managing the disease, but they're not getting their best health, their energy and vitality. So you're seeing a lot of people moving away from that system and starting to say, "Hey, I found a good doctor, somebody who's going to work with me, someone who's going to go that extra level, bring in the best technology, whatever's needed to help me." And 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 that's why I think a lot of people are distrusting the system. I completely agree. Well, there's a lot to unpack there because there's so many directions we could go. Let's talk about, first off, you mentioned some of the more debilitating diseases, the cancer, the you know the autoimmune diseases, a lot of this stuff. Uh, has the industry turned into, instead of trying to cure it, just trying to really, they've turned into just, let's just manage it so that way we can continue to have a constant, quote-unquote, customer with the, the big pharma or with the ongoing checkups or whatever, but we're never, we're not really looking as deeply as we could to actually cure it to where they don't have to worry about the issue any longer. That's right. And yeah, big media and big pharma and especially insurance companies keep pushing that message, and they have for decades. I mean, oncology is one of the most expensive areas of healthcare for an employer and an individual family. You're, you're, you know, people do cancer care. It can cost hundreds of thousands, late-stage diseases, into the millions, right, to treat. And what's what's interesting is... None of them are, if you really look at the data, it's not outcome-driven. Insurance companies aren't interested in outcomes. They're interested in uh, vertical integration. To you know, it's, it's just a different model. They're, they're a financial institution, and there's no transparency. So when a patient comes down with, like, a chronic disease, particularly cancer, they don't really get personalized protocols. They get standard 
you know, protocols for their cancer type. But when you run genetics, you run transcriptomics and immunotherapy, look at causes of disease, what you'll see is that, it, that the, the oftentimes the cancers are be, can be treated effectively with maybe even a different chemo at a very low dose or a natural agent that can actually have a benefit in improving their immune system and giving them a longer, better quality of life, a better chance at remission. So what we have found is that when you do that work, you find that you have many more options to helping the patient. And most patients are wise now. They're understanding, okay, look, everybody that I know who had cancer and did that treatment, well, they're not alive anymore, or they went through a horrific program, especially with late-stage cancers. But we're at a point now where the technology is so advanced, but people have little to no access to it. And what you'll find is if you interview a series of oncologists from all the major hospitals, it's like the same you'll hear the same thing from all of them. We're going to use this protocol, this protocol. It's like they are literally all on the same page. Unfortunately, it's outdated because, like I mentioned to you, the technology and the data we have today on genomics, like if we bring, when we bring a new doctor into Invita, we have about 23 physicians on staff, a lot of integrative doctors, naturopaths. We have um, MDHs in the state of Arizona, a lot of MDs and DOs who practice integrative medicine. When we're working in the area of oncology, it takes us, even when we bring in a standard oncologist, 1,500 hours in one year to retrain the doctors to work on personalized precision medicine, meaning they have to change their way of thinking. And it's literally the difference between apples and oranges, because in the conventional model, if you have colon cancer, stage two, you know, adenocarcinoma, whatever type of cancer, you're suddenly now, this is the protocol. And if you fail it, this is the second protocol. And then and a lot of these protocols, they're overusing medication, maximum doses of chemo, which weaken the immune system. Oftentimes, the patients have horrific side effects. By the, by the grace of God, we see patients who are able to go hiking, that have energy, that start to heal. Now, you know, we, it, with every patient that we treat, because we get late-stage patients that fail America's top cancer institutes, I mean, we, we're not... Not all of our patients respond perfect to care, but the majority of them have a far better quality of life yeah. Far better options, much more gentler care, and that's really where healthcare needs to go. Right? We need to get away from the bias of following the insurance company limitations of their billing codes, and we need to use the best technology to save and extend life. I, and, and that needs to be a relationship with your doctor. I completely agree. I couldn't have said it better. That is, it, it's. We need to get back to that where it was. We got to take a hard break here. We're talking with Dr. Dino Prado. You can find him online at. Invita.com. Uh, Lots more coming up here. One more segment around the corner for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Is it just me or is this show like the fastest one that we've had in a very long time? We could talk so much more about all these issues about running short on time, which is unfortunate, which means we're going to have to get all of our guests back on the show to talk some more here in just a little bit. Right now, we are hanging out with Dr. Dino Prado. He is the president, CEO, founder of Invita, Invita, E-N-V-I-T-A.com, with their clinic based out of the great state of Arizona. we got a lot of listeners down in Arizona, so if you're down there, go and check them out here for sure. Uh, Dino, you talked about the number of hours with the physicians that are coming on board with your clinic and with your with what you do and all the tra- hours you have to retrain them. Why is that? Is it just like a 
Now just kind of a crunch of I'm going to go through medical school and we're just going to teach you X, Y, and Z, read the book. If it doesn't fit in the book, then it doesn't exist and just go about your day. I mean, is that what they're being taught right now? Yeah, it seems like to me it's still a big pharma down system, right? Pharma develops the drug. Um, it's not personalized. It's, it's generalized, right? And it helps some of the population. But then in, in the protocols, it's following the guidelines that are created by other physicians and, you know, communi- in communication with each other. Unfortunately, the technology and what we know today is that everyone is different and individual. And so you need to build it on the individual person. That's called N of one. You have to customly build care because everybody has different genetics on how they metabolize. Their cancers have different genetic targets. Their immune system will operate in different ways in areas of weakness. They also have different toxicities, immune system problems, uh, deficiencies, et cetera. And so those are not ever taken into account in general oncology. It's almost like those things are almost completely ignored. Only a very small percentage of patients get genomics. I'll give you a quick example. This will help everybody get it. We had a 70-plus-year-old patient come in not too long ago, sent home to die by one of the top cancer institutes. I won't mention their name, but big institution. They're, they're well-known, one of the top in the country. They told them, you know, go home. There's nothing left. This is hospice. We ran genetics, we ran all the testing, we put them on the right medicine, and the patient went into remission. Has a Now, we don't know how, how long the Lord will give them, but many, many months, many years of good quality because of detailed work like that. And in fact, you know, it, 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 the sooner you get patients to do that care, the better. And, and, and that's what people want. Even today, we can handle breast cancers just by freezing them. We don't need to do lumpectomies. We don't need to do radical surgeries. That's, that technology is going away, and I think we can handle so much of it by strengthening the immune system and getting to the true root cause of the disease instead of giving people ongoing medications where they, their quality of life is just not the same. And I'm talking particularly in late-stage complex cancers because most early-stage cancers are you know, if they, if they do well, it's usually because of the surgical removal. So medicine's evolving, and people need access to it, and healthcare freedom is about people having choice, not being mandated by the government or by insurance companies billing codes or mandated by, um, you know, big media to do something. And in fact, we've uh, opened up healthcare plans now nationwide to help employers. We came in on actuarial data, half the cost of conventional care with over 10 times the technology. And we're starting to, to share that with colleagues and move that work because it's really about outcomes and people living longer because people deserve that. Life is a gift that the Lord gives us, and we have to do everything we can to protect it. And there's no reason we should give up and use, you know, what I call outdated archaic medical care, which is what we're really seeing today. Yeah, it is unfortunate the stronghold that the government, like you said, Big Pharma, that this big institution has over it because it's weird that we don't have a personalized healthcare system. My healthcare, like you said, between genetic makeup, blood types, individual immune responses, uh, allergies, all of these things play into effect on how we can actually fight something at an individual level. And it's almost like we've taken the humanity out of our own healthcare, and that's mind-boggling to me. It is. I mean, just look, COVID is a good example. Look at how the media runs the information in this country. The big media runs, unfortunately, the way people think, because they don't really understand that it's not, you know, they're not getting all the information. So people need to be able to be uh, self-thinkers, 
uh, follow in, in what they're doing. I always recommend patients also pray and be given wisdom for the directions they are given in their health care, but really work with a doctor or a medical group that is working with you personalized, working out all those details to take care of your health and that of your family. And I think that's the best way to really extend life and, and really turn some of these chronic diseases around and give people a chance to live. You know, that's a real key aspect. Amen to that. I love it. Uh, the biggest enemy to the big government control over your life is a wicked, wild, free thinker making decisions on your own and being informed on your own, which is what you guys are all about. It's Dr. Dino Prado. You can find him online at Invita.com. Go and check it out. Go and check out the clinic if you had those issues as well. Doctor, it's so good to have you on the program. Thank you so much, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Anytime. Thanks again, Henry. Hey, absolutely. Appreciate it very much. Man. My head's spinning after this program. Going to have to go back and listen to it again myself with all the stuff we've covered, and I absolutely love it. We'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.